I've been the source of inspiration for many over the last 15 years. It's absolutely humbling and exciting and cool and all the things, right? It makes me feel purposeful and valuable and important. I can admit that. From my massive leaps of faith moving from Dallas to Chicago and New York and Maryland and now to LA all over the span of 13 years, it has been exciting for people to witness. Here I am living my dreams, my wildest dreams, trying to make them a reality, working for BET and Steve Harvey and Tom Joyner and Michael Bazden, that one publicist I still refuse to name in New York, and TV One and Warner Brothers, to now a celebrity-founded startup in my first director role. And because of my professional affiliations, I've hosted and been on panels with everybody. Most recently, the Lovers and Freds podcast back in DC, the Brooklyn Nets, Cross Colors, Google, Clio TV, TV One, BET. I've produced and directed series tempos for Men's Health, L, Women's Health, Cosmopolitan, and Harper's Bazaar UK. Hell, there was that time that I did something with Porsche and Vogue. All of these online opportunities allow me to interview and produce Nick Cannon, Viola Davis, Storm Reed, 2 Chains, Yo Gotti, and dozens more, right? I am a three-time award-winning producer for my work at TV One, and as of this year, a member of the Television Academy, which means that I can now vote in the annual Emmy Awards thanks to my work at The Real over the last two years. Speaking of the real, over the last two years, my name ran in the credits of a nationally syndicated talk show five days a week. And even though my show was canceled, if it had not been for the real, I'd still be chasing the feeling of not being properly credited for my work. And that was just my professional accolades. Personally, the life I built and lived out loud online was loud as hell. I was honest and raw and funny and charming and sexy and deliberate and intentional with my words, intentional about the space that I took up there. Producing professionally allows me to easily produce for fun. So I was famous for my recaps and captures of my life. From 2014 to 2019, I covered all things pop culture and news and marketing. And though I rarely dish about celebrity news on Instagram anymore, those conversations still live on the platform in my highlights. For the fashion girls, my series hashtag Chris Franklin style has grown tremendously since 2011. And a little over a decade later, a push to document my dating experiences in my new city sparked hashtag with the boy. An unexpected but very deliberate exercise in dating freely, often, openly, and honestly. Three years later, I've been credited as encouraging people, but specifically black women, to broaden their horizons, meet new people, flirt, date multiple people at one time, and just live life out loud with no fear of judgment. I've been the inspiration behind so many viral posts about communities and dating, and I still get with the boy updates from those that are encouraged to date again or for the first time ever. And then there's Fine Nigga Friday, an obviously less serious but equally impactful series my corner of the internet has come to love and expects from me. But who inspires the inspired? I've been struggling quite a bit over the last six months with feeling disconnected from all the things I'm famously known for online. My work, my voice, my impact, even this podcast, even conversations about with a boy has dwindled because, well, quite frankly, ain't no motherfucking boy. And if I'm honest, that obviously brings about separate, uncomfortable feelings. But along with the disconnect, I've also been carrying a really weird and uncomfortable weight of inferiority and insecurity. 
It started last year. After the reel was canceled and I was essentially laid off, the struggle to find a job was crazy wild. Our show was canceled in March, but the studio allowed us to finish shooting the final season. So we usually wrapped around mid-April with the final episode airing the first week of June, and we were scheduled to fall within that same time frame. Luckily, the studio had just renewed my contract days before the cancellation was announced, which meant although we'd wrapped the final season in April, I still had a job until July 2022. When I tell you that was nothing but God and his hand all over me because, huh? I mean, I essentially got paid for doing minimal work for the next three months. But regardless of that check that came in every week, and y'all, just a little tidbit, working in TV is crazy wild. Being paid every Thursday was crazy. I mean, I love that shit, but it was wild. And even regardless of that check that was still coming, I knew I still needed a job, right? July would be approaching fast and I didn't want to find myself unemployed in LA. I have been unemployed in New York. I don't ever need to find myself unemployed in Los Angeles of the California. So from April to June, I applied and interviewed everywhere. And by my birthday on June 22nd, I was in the final round at a celebrity founded startup. I negotiated my title from a social media manager to a director of content editorial. My salary increased by $30,000. And while I originally wanted a $50,000 increase, I was offered equity and a substantial relocation package from Los Angeles to Atlanta. Now, the plan was for me to start the top of 2023, possibly moving to Atlanta. That is not happening. It's off the table. No rare risk. I'm still on the best coast, right? But and so uh, through all of that, right, the increase of salary, I've never disclosed who I worked for. The entire planet knows my boss and the affiliation child, it ain't nothing to gloss over. He is quite a big deal. And it is a full circle, honestly, that I will share when my time with the company ends. I purposely took this route, though, of not announcing my next move after the reel, because I remember feeling incredibly insecure about what was next. It's a horrible feeling to not even be considered for roles that are junior, let alone roles that you've previously held. When I tell you the job hunt was excruciating, trust me. And then I realized I had wrapped so much of my identity up into what I did for a living for the last 15 years. It's also a special kind of torment when the entire world knows that you've lost your job. And instead of asking how they can help, the only questions that came in were what's next. And y'all know I hate that question now. But I finally landed a new job thanks to my friend posting a link in her stories in June while still getting paid from the real through July. Now, I was excited about this new opportunity. I've been wanting to pivot from my role in digital and social. And although it was a similar role, it was now in a tech and e-commerce space versus production. I was just happy that my skills transferred, right? Now I'm in tech. I'm a tech girl. Ow. But the excitement quickly faded. Yet again, I was met with a leader that morally had some issues, jealousy, envy, entitlement, and all of that spills over into the professional space. She made my first five months with the company a living hell. And if you've been here from the very beginning of this taking up space journey, you know my history with black women as bosses have been anything but pleasant. I was bummed and hurt and confused. Ultimately, I was triggered by my time at Tom Joyner in TV One. During all of that nastiness and the drama at work, I was doing none of my work was received well. And while I do know now in hindsight that it was not at all my fault, and forgive me y'all for not being able to speak freely, but y'all know I got an NDA and as a current employee, I can't fuck up my bag in the name of being transparent. Just know, just know though, a lot of things that went into play as to why the work I was doing was being shot down, none of it had to do with me and my abilities and my skill set. And even though I knew that, it still affected me horribly. 
I started to question if I was as good as I thought. I questioned my worth and eventually feelings of inferiority set in. Anger also set in. I was uninspired and unmotivated and it showed. I completely tapped out of everything I once found joy in. Additionally, I was lonely as shit. While I was still healing from the greatest love ever question mark, bouts of sadness would still come over me that were totally unexpected. Sex wasn't exciting and I briefly toyed around with the idea of being celibate for the first time ever. Those exact same feelings carried over into the top of 2023 and I felt them more intensely than ever before. Nothing excited me, absolutely nothing. I watched people elevate and be celebrated for things I'd been doing and I felt away. I was jealous a lot. Jealous of friends who were in loving relationships. Jealous of friends who were elevating in their careers while I felt stuck yet again. I increasingly felt like no one cared about me. I was living in a constant state of anxiousness and depression the last six months. Now, I can finally say that and name it after having all kind of inner debates with myself. I hate labels. Y'all know that. But I had to admit it and call a thing a thing. Also, Birthdays bring about a certain level of reflection for me, and turning 37 in two months has been quite interesting. Now, I don't fear getting old at all. It's literally the goal, right? But what I do fear is not having joy or peace the closer I get to 40. I experienced enough torment and sadness in my 20s and 30s that I'd like this new decade to be the complete opposite. So now, it's March 29th, and while I feel better, a lot of the same feelings are still there. I started therapy and acupuncture this month, and I have to give a ton of credit to those two things for helping tremendously. I also had a come to Jesus moment with one of my colleagues, and she was basically like, bitch, the higher ups is concerned about you, and I need you to tap back in and be present because I don't want them to let you go. Another thing that I did not mention is that my company did have layoffs um, in April. So again, just traumatized by a lot of stuff going on. I survived the layoff, obviously, but just still, it was just a very traumatic experience given that I was just laid off nine months prior, right? So even that threat, my colleague saying, tap back in because I'm nervous, I'm scared of you, I'm scared for you, I should say. Even though it was mild in the early stages, the mere thought of me losing my job snapped me right on halfway back to reality. And while I do feel lighter, thanks to therapy, and acupuncture, and being honest about my feelings, the question still remains, who inspires the inspired? I'm so much to so many people, but I don't often feel super inspired by anything or anyone. The motivation is completely on me. I can't expect for anyone to motivate me, and I'm fully aware of that, but it would be nice to feel inspired again. And when I think of things that usually do that for me, it's all the things that I'm devoid of, love and happiness. Actually, let me correct that. I am not devoid of love, just the vessel I'd want it to come in. Thank you, Carmion, for that reminder. But Carmion, a bitch is still very much so lonely. I am also in a very weird place of not being approached by men anymore. If I'm honest, it made, no, it makes me increasingly insecure. And I was never that girl, like ever. Usually, if it didn't happen, I didn't even notice it. But now, girl, I be outside feeling butt-ass fucking ugly. And that is absolutely not my personality. Like, it's never been my personality. As far as my career, I've never known what was next, and I'm living in that space now, that space of uncertainty. But what I do know is that I miss television, and I miss production. And while I'm doing a very light version of that in my current role, I'm ready to pivot back to my first love. I want an Emmy. 
More importantly, I want peace and to feel impactful and purposeful again. I miss feeling like I take up space. I want to be seen and heard and understood and respected and eventually applauded for my work. But more than ever, I want to experience joy and love in the biggest, purest form with someone and next to someone. Underneath they ass too, if you know what I'm saying. So, while I can't control that timeline and that timetable, I am choosing to invest in other things that bring me pleasure in the meantime. I'm focusing on identifying an area that I'm deeply passionate about and connecting it to the community in some way. I'm also starting on a script for a documentary I've been wanting to produce for years. And I'm getting back to dating myself again and doing things by myself. There is so much joy and care and and intentionality and self-love with doing things by yourself. So far this year, I've been taking a lot of trips, y'all. I went on a solo day trip to Santa Barbara. I ate Oceanside and Malibu and Venice. And I'm also keeping my promise from 2022 to going to see more live music this year. So far, I have five or six concerts that I've already booked throughout the year. So I'm geeked for that. I also have been touring LA and going to these iconic architecture, really cool type houses and honestly just doing whatever the fuck I want to do. In April, I'm taking a cooking class and finally going to a candle making class. I mentioned it before, but if I see something or even have a fleeting thought about it, I book it, reserve it, whatever. Identifying things as hobbies that are completely separate from what I do for a living has helped me get out of my funk, but it's also super necessary. And while I still have those moments, if and when God ever asked me what my heart's posture was in all of this, I want to be able to say I waited well. Because as we know, how you wait matters. It is completely indicative of your level of faith. Thank you, Bria, for that incredible reminder. So, cheers to the uncomfortable but necessary ass wait.